scrolling. That's what the pros used to say. Are you stealing my intro, Scotty? No. Good. Because it's my turn to say that it's episode 144 of the Parkrun Adventurers. We are back for 2019. Some thought it wasn't going to happen. We had our <laughs> doubts once or twice. Little little known fact, this is actually the fourth attempt at recording this intro and this episode of the podcast. So we have turned into such professional perfectionists over the holiday period that it's taken four goes before we're happy to actually release a pod. My name is Mel Erbacher. My co-host name is Scotty Trickett. Hi, Mel. Uh, great to be back. Who, who's had the doubts? Is it you? <laughs> well, you know, I, th- I thought we were a goer after the third attempt, Scotty, and then it didn't happen. So that, that's possibly where the doubts have come in. But I'm, I'm confident. My confidence is back. We're, we're back. My confidence is back. It's all steam ahead. Yeah, it feels like a February. It feel like it feels like we needed to come back in February this year. <laughs> I wasn't it? feeling January much <laughs> at all this year, so we're just wiping it from the record, from the Parkrun existence, well. from the Parkrun adventurers existence. It didn't happen, but it did happen for both of us. We got lots of Parkrunning in, lots of adventures. Yeah, lots of adventures and lots of different events that we're gonna we're gonna touch on a bit later on, because we both had a bit of an adventure this weekend. We did, so we thought we'd stay with the current news, the current events, yep. and, and head back there. So where were you, Scotty? I got McEwan. I was in Tasmania. Oh, my goodness. First time in my life I've ever been to Tasmania. Where were you? That's a new state for you and a new letter for your alphabet. That's very impressive. Did you check in, um, before we get to me, did you check whether or not it's a new event for your Wilson Index? or your, Well, obviously, it's not a new event for your P Index. No. No, you didn't no. get any stopwatch bingo while you were gone? I didn't. I didn't. I'm so close on the stopwatch bingo. The last few weeks I've been like seconds out. Yeah. It's, it's so frustrating. It's excruciating, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> like you look at your watch and you're just like, oh, I just got to slow down. But then, yeah. I know. I know. And Yvonne has already got it. Oh, so she's, she's gloating done. and holding that over me. But she's done it. She, she did it under 200 runs. Wow. That's very impressive. I'm only two or three away, and I reckon, I mean, without fabricating it too much, <laughs> I reckon I could get there in under 200 runs. You've, you've already blown that out of the water, so you're just going to have to chug along quietly behind the rest of us. But, Absolutely. But you got a queue. Tell me, tell me about Queen's Domain Park Run and Tassie. Well, look, I'll go first. I'll go first. Yeah. Um, we, uh, we'd planned this a long time. A couple of months ago, one of our Westerfoldian legends, Amanda, floated the idea in the group that we should all do a road trip and we should pick a date and she found really cheap flights. That's more and of a plane all... trip than a road trip. Yeah, yeah. So we all, we all agreed. This was the weekend we were going to do it. Everyone booked these cheap flights. But the trickets do something a little bit differently and I wanted to make a, a weekend out of it. So we flew down on a Friday night beforehand and then we extended the weekend. Whereas the rest of my buddies flew in. So like 3am starts on Saturday morning to catch plane. Like it must have been a six o'clock flight because the beauty of Tasmanian park runs is they start at nine o'clock. So it gives you this bit of flexibility. None of this 7am nonsense. Well, that's one of the beauties of them, but yeah. Yep. Yep. So you can 
fly interstate and visit a parkrun all in the one day. And then they we spent the day around Hobart seeing the sights and then they all flew home and we, we took in another day in smoky old Hobart. This country is a mess at the moment. We're flooding up the top. We're burning down the bottom. I think we're all sort of melting in the middle a bit. <laughs> And um, it's a funny, it's a funny time of year. It's a funny. Meanwhile, in Australia. So yeah, well, Queen's Domain. Really enjoyed the park run. It's in central Hobart. It's in the botanical gardens. So there's a there's almost like a purpose built path around the gardens, and it's a sort of an out and back with a little bit of a trail bit. So there's a nice path that goes around the top, which gives you views over the water and, and lots of Hobart. And then it does a little detour on the way back to incorporate some short, sharp hills, narrow sections on some trails. Yeah, and really nice, really friendly. They were were quite amazed by the fact that a group of 18 of us had travelled from Melbourne just to visit the parkrun. (laughs) Because you've got to remember, Mel, like in Hobart, so they only had Hobart parkrun, which is at Risdon Dam, for a long time. And then they've introduced a few more lately. So I don't think there's this culture of tourism or adventuring in Hobart just yet and maybe in it's it's growing in Tasmania because when during the first time as brief they said where are you all from and and they referred to the northerners so there were a couple of people that were down from Devonport and Georgetown um so in a in in an island in a state that's really quite small they um they haven't they haven't quite got their head around the touring and visiting other park runs so it was a novelty for us to travel I think we might have even made the paper. A paper? Seriously? Yeah, well, there was a journo there and uh, might have been a slow news day. I didn't follow up to see if we didn't <laughs> make the paper. <laughs> it was a story. It was a story. So I am impressed with the commitment of those. Like, yes, it's, it is nice to take a long weekend and just enjoy yourselves and do things at your own pace. But I am impressed with the 3 a.m. starters and those who, who made the same day trip. Um, I am a little bit shocked that Hobart being so close to Melbourne, you've never been. Like, how many years have you lived in Melbourne? You, well, pretty much all yeah, my life. Yeah, you grew up there. It's, yeah. it's, it's a little bit disgraceful, Scotty, <laughs> that you've never been. But I am excited that you've, you've ticked that off as a new state as well. So one closer to your Peel Club as well. Yeah, yeah. And... It was really driven by the queue. It's sort of like the the trickets have become a little bit obsessed with the alphabet in the last couple of months. Okay. How many letters have you got left to go? I've got two. I'm missing my Y, which is easy. I think we've talked about this before. I'm missing my Y and my U. U is a tough one for us from the greatest state. We've got to get up north a bit, Um, but we've got a Y here, so that's pretty easy. So I'm getting really close. I'm getting really close. Mm. But... What are the what are the chances? What are the chances? There was uh, the rest of the parkrun team were also in Tasmania on the weekend, just not at Queen's Domain. Yeah, well, we we didn't want to miss out on all all the Tassie action, I guess. Uh, so yeah, I was in Launceston parkrun for the second time. I actually chose to volunteer this time. 
given I've already run the course. However, the course is a little bit different, which I realised. I volunteered as a photographer and I actually probably walked four and a half K of the course anyway because, you know, you want to get out there and amongst it, but you also, as photographer, want to take photos of any milestones and important things that are happening in the pre-run brief. So I wasn't positioned out on the course uh, until after the event started. So I kind of was just a roving photographer and um, took photos of people as I came upon them, which was nice. Got lots They're of... They're the best kind, Mel. They're the best kind because I look at a lot of parkrun photos and I like it when we've got some different backdrops <laughs> and some different angles from the one week. At, at, the, at the single event and it's not just, you know... Yes. The same stretch and just different faces in them. Uh, even though it doesn't it is tell the story the of the parkrun. It is. It is about the people, but it doesn't tell the story of the course and what the environment they're they're running in. No, and you know what? I mean, uh, there are volunteers that often get missed out because they're marshalling somewhere out on a course as well. And I knew that there were going to be at least three marshals out there from past experience, and I w- was determined to go get a photo of every single volunteer as well. So that was that was my goal. That's why I didn't stop you know, until I'd caught all the marshals and then the, the tail walker came up and I went, okay, well, we'll, we'll all walk back together. So, um, yeah, it was a beautiful morning. The weather was perfect for running or, or park walking if that's what you do. I, I was actually really rather envious because we do we haven't had a temperature like that in Queensland for a very long time. I think, you know, winter last year. It wasn't cold. It was just perfect perfect and no humidity and yeah it was beautiful um but the course was lovely uh i think i was at launceston was i at launceston before or after we started podcasting i can't i think it might have been pre-pod yeah i don't recall you talking about because i spent a week a week in tassie and we did hobart first uh and then we did launceston second no 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 it was after. It was in the early days of the podcast because I did a freedom run of Devonport. And, um, yeah, Ben, who's a podcast listener, he very kindly came down and let me, um, well, explained the course to me so I could do a freedom run. Didn't quite catch up with him. Yeah. So I think it was in our very first year of podcasting that we were down there. there so I won't yeah, go I think over you may be right. the course. We've got, we've, got people, we've got people listening back from episode one that I know of. So maybe they can remind us. Yeah. It'll, it'll be fresh in their up. minds anyway. Yeah. <laughs> But then when they hear this six months down the track, yeah, they'll it, remind us. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Um, yeah, but it was a great morning. Uh, we, we've got a guest, a special guest on the show a little bit later who will discuss a bit more what was involved with why we were there. Um, so I'll leave that to that conversation. But, yeah, it was, it was great. Um, funny to be in the same state as you and not at the same event especially when, you know, both of us had travelled to be there. <laughs> but maybe next time. Maybe next time. Maybe next time. It was unavoidable. I would have loved to have been there um, celebrating what our guest is going to talk to us about, and I'm sure lots of our listeners already know yeah. why you were there. It was a great vibe. Uh, the, and all the volunteers were amazing. Breakfast afterwards was amazing. I know you say, you know, one of the perks is a 9am start, but that's also we had to get a late checkout and stuff from our hotels because – by the time we finished breakfast, it was 10 to 12. You know, that's lunch. Yeah. <laughs> but we did get to have a, a sort of sleep-in since – no, it was, it was the opposite of a sleep-in. 
No, it wasn't because it was a 9 o'clock start versus a 7 a.m. start. So it was still asleep in. This is the problem with daylight savings. I still can't get no, my head around it. How many, how many months has it been now? And it's still ruining my my brain. Yep. What time is it now? In Queensland, yeah. it's almost noon. What time is it here? It's either eleven or one. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a critical difference you need to you need to work out there. Well, yeah, it's only important if I go to those states. But time. It's all about time and we're going to be time travelling later. Later in the episode, later in the series of podcast adventures. Yeah, because I know you're all hanging on every word we say and what did Mel and Scotty get up to in the in the break? Well, you'll all find out. But we've got guests, we've got roving reports to get to this week, so let's crack on. There's a new kid in town, but he's been around the block a few times. We've imported him from the UK. He's been on the podcast before. So welcome back, Mr. Glenn Turner. Thanks, Scott. Great to be here, mate. Um, Mr. Glenn Turner, what is your official title now that you're back in the world of Parkrun Australia? So I'm the health and wellbeing lead for Parkrun in Australia and New Zealand. Uh, And that basically means that a big part of my role involves looking at ways that we can increase participation amongst groups and communities that are underrepresented at Parkrun and therefore potentially have the most to gain from free, regular, socially focused physical physical activity through walking, running, volunteering, socialising, just being out in the fresh air. Um, And I think that really reflects the way that Parkrun has evolved from a run around a park um, into a recognised public health intervention. Um, In other words, we've got this fantastic concept that's captured the imagination of millions of people in thousands of communities around the world. Um, And so the challenge now is how do we bring Parkrun to the people in society who are the least likely to take part? Um, and to the communities where we can have the biggest impact. Uh, So, for example, a lot of my work will be uh, with people who live with disabilities and long-term health conditions, um, including people who live with uh, mental illness, Uh, disadvantaged communities, communities with uh, poorer health outcomes, uh, remote communities, ethnic minorities, um, people who reside in prisons and drug and alcohol rehab centres and other closed facilities, uh, older people, um, communities with a high density of older people, um, people who are prescribed physical activity by health professionals, um, kids, and in the broadest sense, anyone who is currently inactive. So, In order to reach out to these groups, we need to make connections with individuals, support networks, government and other organisations who can really help us to understand the barriers that stand between a lot of people and parkrun participation and to find ways to empower those people to take part. So it's fostering those collaborations that will be a big part of my job. And what's really encouraged me has been having so many people getting in touch with me already uh, to say that their organisation is successfully signposting people to Parkrun or linking in some way with their local Parkrun. So, for example, I've been hearing from 
organisations that support people with disabilities, uh, healthcare professionals who are prescribing parkrun to their patients, uh, councils in disadvantaged areas who have been working with local volunteers to introduce a parkrun there, and they're already seeing tangible benefits to the health of the people in their community, and, and the list goes on. Um, and I'm always really, really keen to hear from anyone uh, who is having success in those areas to share their experiences. Um, I think ultimately over time, we want to normalise participation at Parkrun amongst the entire population. Um, so to get to a point where people aren't saying, these are the reasons that I'm not taking part, to these are all the ways that I can benefit from Parkrun. Now, Scotty said that we've imported you from the UK, but we actually exported you first. So you're originally an Aussie, despite the slight British lilt you've got going on with your accent at the moment. Where whereabouts are you based at the moment, Glenn? Uh, so, well, I was I was born and bred um, in Shell Harbour, uh, which is down near Wollongong. Uh, lived here um, pretty much till I was eighteen. Uh, had a few years down in Canberra after that, uh, and then I went to America for a few months. Um, and that turned into 16 years out of the country. Uh, I actually landed in the UK uh, the first week that Parkrun started, back in October 2004, um, but I didn't find out about it for another five years after that. Um, so I can always remember when I got to the UK because it's the same anniversary as Parkrun. Now, your time in the UK with Parkrun, you weren't the health and wellbeing lead. You are in a communications and media role. Why the shift when you came back home? Uh, yep, so I worked for Parkrun in the UK for almost four years, um, having had been an ambassador and event director for several years beforehand. Um, and when I came on um, in 2015, um, there wasn't a communications department or communications person. Um, so I kind of was, was that department initially, um, but over the years, uh, our team evolved into uh, four people. Um, got some more resource to do a lot more work in that department. Um, and as we expanded in the UK in terms of, um, I guess, programs and initiatives in the community, um, my role became much more focused on the publicity um, around these different interventions. So things such as uh, parkrun practices um, in the UK where GPs can prescribe parkrun, um, the rollout of the prison parkrun program over in the UK, um, and the more that I got involved in these different programs and doing the publicity for them, um, the more obviously I learnt about them and the more I became really, really keen to see if I could be involved in adapting and replicating some of those in Australia, um, but also looking at ways um, out here that, you know, we could do a few uh, projects and interventions which are unique um, to Australia and New Zealand. So... When the opportunity uh, came to transfer back to work for Parkrun in Australia um, in a health and wellbeing role, um, then, yeah, I didn't need asking twice to come back. So, yeah, it's been um, been back for a month now um, and it's been a bit of a whirlwind. Um, there's lots of stuff going on at the moment behind the scenes. So I'm just really enjoying being back, um, becoming familiar again with living in Australia, um, but also seeing the, the huge potential we've got through Parkrun um, to really make some even more, I think, of a significant impact than, um, than what's, already, what's already happened over the past eight years. Some very exciting initiatives happening over in the UK. It'll be great to see what you can do here in Oz, Glenn. Now, we got some really fabulous news, Parkrun Australia. 
in recent days. Can you elaborate a little bit on that for our listeners? I absolutely can, Mel. So I guess, first of all, just to rewind and give a bit of context to this, because I think there's quite a lot that led up to the announcement on the weekend. Um, So I think the fact that we were even in a position to apply for this level of funding um, shows two really important things. I think firstly, it demonstrates that Parkrun has really evolved in Australia into a model that's recognised at the highest levels now um, as being accessible to pretty much everybody in society. So as I was saying earlier, whether you choose to walk or run or volunteer or simply come along for a chat and hang out with your mates, um, there's something there for everybody. Um, and secondly, uh, the way that Parkrun's been embraced by, what is it now, 350 communities around Australia, um, it really shows that our model, as well as being successful, um, it's scalable as well. So in other words, in theory, we can literally pick up the Parkrun model and place it anywhere in the country. Um, and we talk a lot about breaking down the barriers to participation, but I think what's equally as important um, is how successful we've been in Australia in Um, making the process of starting a parkrun in your community as straightforward as possible. Um, So I think everybody who's been involved in parkrun in some way in Australia over the past eight years should take a huge amount of credit uh, for the role they've played in getting us to a point where we can even apply for this type of um, of funding and investment. So everybody who's had their barcode scanned at a parkrun, everybody who's pulled on the high vis, everybody who's brought a friend or family member along, every council that we work with, Everybody who's advocated Parkrun, um, you know, in the public domain, it's been a really massive team effort um, and I think we should be really, really proud of that. Um, And so those two things together, um, creating a model that's successful and scalable um, has helped us get to a stage where last year really where we got to, I guess, what you call critical mass in Australia. So as a result, we were looking to kind of flip the way that Parkrun expands on its head. So traditionally, we've always been community-driven. So it's been an organic word-of-mouth approach where we respond to demand from communities and individuals. Um, But we wanted to be a lot more proactive in actually going out and targeting people and communities um, who've got an enormous amount to gain from Parkrun, but perhaps need a lot more work to get to the point where they can get the event on the ground and then uh, get people taking part. Um, And so I think um, uh, if we're serious about our our Parkrun mission statement of creating healthier and happy communities, then we need to find ways to reach beyond the word of mouth promotion, um, to reach people who are vulnerable and marginalised, but also people who simply never thought they could take part in something like Parkrun. Um, so, um, don't get me wrong. We'll obviously always support communities that come to us. Um, but we want to be really proactive and start conversations, um, in areas and communities that haven't heard of us. Um, and so when we got to that position last year, we were, we were looking for how we could, um, resource that kind of outreach, um, to start those conversations with people and with communities and support groups. Um, so we were looking for a way to access some kind of funding to help us out. Uh, And that opportunity presented itself last October when the Australian government uh, invited organisations to design and submit project ideas with a specific focus on getting people aged over 65 or more uh, more physically active. 
Uh, when we looked at the application requirements really closely, uh, we felt that we could meet the criteria. And even if we weren't successful, we wanted to at least put a marker down with the government um, and show the impact and the reach that park runs are having and can have in the future. Um, so I won't bore anybody with the ins and outs of a 25,000 word um, government project submission um, but because they, they do need to spell out, you know, in the most intricate detail what Parkrun's about, our successes, our failures, our learnings, what we're proposing to do. And obviously, you know, it has to be costed down to the final cent. Um, but just to give um, an idea of the crux of it, there were two things that were really important to us. Uh, the first thing is that, yes, the project is for over 65s. Um, but we didn't want to just focus on over 65s because parkrun, as we all know, is a, an intergenerational activity. Um, so we wanted to come up with an idea that would engage people of all ages. So we needed to think about that. Um, and the second thing, we wanted the proposal to be, to be based on as much evidence as we could get our hands on. Um, so one of the ways we did that in the early stages, was we sent out a survey to 5,000 parkrunners in Australia over the age of 65 uh, to find out a whole bunch of things from how they first heard about Parkrun right through to the impact it's had on their entire lives. Uh, and when we looked at that research in combination with other organisations who'd done similar research over the years with over 65s um, and the World Health Organisation, other governments, etc., um, it became obvious that, um, that the older that people get, the more they rely on the people around them um, to inform them of different activities and how they rely on these people to help them access those activities. So it's not a matter of simply saying, oh, well, you know, come along to Parkrun and, and you'll love it. Um, it's more about speaking directly to friends, family, support networks, professional networks, healthcare workers, all those people who have the influence and credibility um, who can start to bang the Parkrun drum. And it also became really clear that just one activity such as Parkrun uh, often prompts participation in other activities um, because once you've got the social connections, the social networks and the confidence, um, then that can be a real catalyst to go out and do a lot more stuff during the week. So we're really talking about holistic health and wellbeing benefits that extend well beyond Parkrun on a Saturday morning. Um, so in terms of the project itself, um, I guess there are Two main things to think about. The first one is that um, we need to have a lot of conversations with all of these different networks to really start to understand the barriers that we need to overcome um, and then how we can support and empower people and communities to get involved in parkrun in whichever way they choose. Um, yes, the running and walking is really beneficial, but where the mountains of evidence is now is showing how important being outside in the fresh air is, um, how great volunteering makes you feel, how social connections and knowing your neighbours are really important, um, how feeling part of a community gives you a real sense of purpose um, and how for a lot of people um, parkrun is simply a matter of um, a motivation to get out of bed and in the fresh air on a Saturday morning. Um, so, you know, it's whatever you want it to be. Um, so that research and, um, and the success we've had um, in Australia already of engaging over 65s uh, gave rise to what we call the Parkrun Generations Project, uh, which commits to getting 50,000 more over 65s involved with Parkrun, plus, of course, family, friends and the people around them. Um, so when you think that every Parkrun is, I guess, a permanent intervention in a community, um, the scale of what we're aiming to do is really, really significant, uh, not just in terms of numbers, um, but the fact that those numbers largely represent um, people who are the least physically active. Uh, so 
all of that said, we submitted the application towards the end of last year um, and then uh, got a call last week to say that the application, the project had been approved um, and that it would be officially announced at Launceston Park Run on Saturday. Uh, so a few of us went down uh, to meet with the Launceston team um, and Senator Bridget McKenzie, who's the sports minister. Um, and she stood up in front of uh, all the walkers, runners and volunteers at the event um, and proudly announced that Parkrun um, is the beneficiary of $1.8 million for the Parkrun Generations project, um, which was really, really exciting. Um, and one of the things that um, Senator McKenzie talked a lot about on the day um, was, I guess, <laughs> the fact that government has recognised that Parkrun really is a public health intervention and something that health professionals can signpost patients to. Uh, so, for example, we know in the UK um, that Parkrun in the UK collaborates with the Royal College of GPs over there, which means that uh, GPs can prescribe Parkrun to their patients uh rather than traditional medication. Um, that's one thing that we're really, really keen to see if we can replicate um, over in, in here in Australia. Um, but um, at least informally in, this, in the initial stages, um, you know, it's going to be great to see, or has been great to see um, and hear of how many GPs and other healthcare professionals are already informally um, prescribing Parkrun and the benefits that's, that's had. Um, so it's really refreshing and encouraging i think um to see that recognition from the government um that parkrun is very much a holistic um, intervention that can really reach into sort of the, the farthest areas in a community um, rather than just the the captive audience of people who are who are already physically active um so yeah we had a great day um on saturday um with the announcement um and i just need to give i think um a big shout out to to the run director on the day it was a young a young man by the name of josh brooks um and josh was run directing for the very first time on saturday um and suddenly had a few people from park run hq um and senators and the media and other people down there um but despite all that did an absolutely fantastic job so uh yeah thanks very much josh for uh, all your uh, hard work on a Saturday morning. Sounds like a great morning. Kind of wish I was there. But um, one thing the Senator announced and one thing some of the parkrunners might have picked up on is that this is the Better Ageing Grant. So this is for parkrunners 65 over. So what's in it for what's in it for me, Glenn? I'm only 40. I'm in my 40s. <laughs> Nearly revealed my real age there. But um, this, this, is for, this is really for everybody, isn't it? It's not just um, if you're over 65, we're going to start paying you to go to Parkrun or any, anything like that. Yeah, exactly. I think there's a few, a few points there to make. I think what is really important is that because Parkrun is one of those very almost unique activities where people can take part together of all ages. And all you've got to do is stand at the finish or the start line at a park run um, every single week anywhere in the world. Um, and you're seeing people running together with grandkids, kids, grandparents, etc. Um, you know, a way that people can get physically active together, they can socialise together, get outside, get the fresh air. Um, and that's, you know, that's such a wonderful part of park run. Um, but I think the other thing too is that we, when we're talking about people who are younger than the, you know, the arbitrary age here of, of 65. Um, I think as we get older, there needs to be a real understanding that um, how important physical activity and social connections are um, as we do get older. 
Um, and so it's not just about engaging over 65s, but it's getting people of all ages um, into the habit of regular physical activity, um, of getting out and being part of your community, um, spending time in your open spaces um, and setting yourself up in a way that, um, that when you are older and there is a huge amount to benefit from being physically active, um, then it's not just that you're doing it regularly, but you know, you're aware of places in your community you can do that, such as Parkrun. Um, so I think, yes, of course, it's extremely important to get people over the age of 65 um, involved, um, but I think we've got real scope um, to touch people um, of all ages um, through the project, and that's very much the aim. You mentioned something else there, Glenn, that I want to go back and touch on. Yep. Spectating and the importance of being outdoors. So you may not be able to participate in 5k at the moment you may not be ready to volunteer at the moment but we're, getting, we're saying spectating at parkrun explain that to me well i think it's really important to acknowledge that there are going to be times uh when all of us um for whatever reason um can't run or walk the 5k perhaps um or that for some reason we just don't feel like volunteering on that day and that's absolutely fine um and there will be people um who for whatever reason, may not be able to um, to take part in, in, in various ways in Parkrun. Um, so I think what is really, really important is that we acknowledge that participation does take a lot of forms um, and that there are huge benefits um, to simply getting out of your house on a, on a, on a Saturday morning, um, coming along and socialising with people, um, feeling like you're part of a community um, and yes, that very much is if you run, jog, walk or volunteer, um, then you feel that sense of, um, of inclusion, I suppose. But you can get the same thing too from, um, from just standing on the sidelines and, and seeing people walk and run past you. Um, Parkrun is a very happy and joyful experience. Um, and I think it's really important that we find as many ways as we can to to include people um, in whatever way is accessible and comfortable to them. All of that said, I think um, one of the things that I have heard so many times over the years is people say, and I've said it myself, just come along to Parkrun and see it for yourself. And I truly believe that a lot of people um, will get involved with Parkrun because the first time they come along, they're in you know, jeans or joggers or whatever it is or walking boots um, just to come along and see what the fuss is all about. And by looking at people and seeing um, people who look like them that they can relate to, they suddenly, all these different preconceptions um, disappear. So the idea in your head that, you know, it's like a, a high-level cross-country race with people in spikes running around um, in 15 minutes um, and then it's very competitive um, and very unfriendly and all, all these different things that people may have in their in their head as a barrier to taking part. Um, but I think seeing Parkrun with your own eyes really starts to dispel a lot of those myths. Um, and so, yeah, coming along and seeing it for the first time is a huge step for people um, just coming along. But also I think it's a, um, often a catalyst to take part for the first time because suddenly you realise, look, this is, a, is, this is actually something which is um, accessible to me. Um, so I think that is really important as is, um, I would always argue that 
you know, if you can't run walk or volunteer one week, it's better to be standing there in the fresh air and talking to people um, than, it, than it is to be home inside. I think there are a lot of park runners who don't realise uh, the impact that they can have on spreading that positive social experience just by interacting with other people who are walking along the path or spectating, as you say, Glenn, and, you know, just giving them a smile and a wave, saying good morning, you know, that that interaction could be somebody's most and only positive interaction for the whole of the day of a Saturday morning. So, you know, I think everybody's got a part to play in uh, increasing the awareness of that. And um, I'm really excited. My mum's over 65 and Scotty, Scotty, I don't know how old Scotty's mum is, but we've been trying to get our mums to parkrun for quite some time. And as part of this and like looking further into the barriers to participation for people in that age bracket, I'm hoping that we can have some learnings that we can finally get them across the line and, you know, scanning in a barcode at the end. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, there is... The first, the first major bit of this project will be doing a lot of listening on our behalf. Um, so working closely with a lot of organisations and a lot of individuals um, who can start to help us to identify um, perhaps some of the barriers that we haven't considered in the past um, and also looking at ways that we can introduce people and hold their hands um, to get involved with Parkrun. Um, rather than just saying, oh, you should go along to your local event, you figure it out yourself. Um, so there's a, an awful lot of insight um, that we need to do. Um, and I think that's very much going to inform um, the later stages of our, our project. But I think, Mel, you're absolutely right. All of us have, um, in any capacity, the power to to gently talk to people um, about Parkrun and suggest um, they might like to come along and have a look, have a coffee or breakfast afterwards. Um, you know, a really no pressure, gentle introduction, um, because as you say, that can be um, the catalyst for somebody coming along and saying, "Look, this is something that I think is accessible, um, something that I'm going to enjoy doing, and something that can have a, a positive impact um, on my own health." And and ultimately, um, Parkrun is about empowering people uh, to take part in whatever way they feel comfortable, because the more comfortable they are. Uh, the more likely they are to turn it into a um, into a, reg- a regular habit. Thanks for joining us again, Glenn. It's great to have you back on the pod and to explain a bit more of the ins and outs of the exciting news of the grant funding that Parkrun Australia has just been given by the federal government. We really appreciate your time. Hope to have you back again soon. Thanks, Mel. It's been a pleasure. We may have taken a few weeks off, but our Channel 5 news crew didn't. So we've got heaps of roving reports to catch up on. We've got Toc, who's at Windenvale. Melissa Ellis was at Mansfield Botanic. Lyndall stopped in at South Toowoomba. And we've got Mark Scarborough making a play for the Channel 5 news crew by uh, having consecutive reports over three, four different, no, three weeks at Burley Griffin, Huskisson and Studley Park runs. I can't wait to hear them, so let's get to them in that order. Howdy, parkrunners. It's Toc and... And Melissa. And we're down at the lovely Windenvale today with Chantel. Chantel's run a couple of parkruns around Victoria, to be fair to say. I think today might be your 69th different parkrun. Correct. And what would that make you, Chantel? Victorian statesman. That would make you a statesman. Well done. Congratulations. 
So it's been a bit of a long journey. I can remember you turning up for your first park run at Inverloch and uh, you may not have had a barcode, may not have recorded a time, may have talked to a couple of crazies and got a little bit hooked on park run. Some weirdo mentioned that you plan your weekends, you leave on a Friday, you stay somewhere on a Friday night and then you have your weekend in that location. It talks to us laughing because you may know who this weirdo might be. Yeah, I may or may not resemble that weirdo. So um, tell me, you, you're finished today, today. you've done your, your statesman, what's the next goal? Tuesday I'm volunteering at Inverloch. Of course, naturally, it's the world's sunniest park run. So I've got to make sure my... In the greatest state. In the greatest state, yes Mel, well, good pick up. I've got to just make sure my costume's on point or I will lose my volunteer <laughs> position. And Chantel, out of all the park runs in Victoria, have you got some memorable moments? They're all special. <laughs> it's about the people you meet. So I say I've got four home park runs, which is Inverloch, Laylor, Highlands and Moonda. But then there's others like Tim Boone, which was special because I met Mel's daughter Zoe at that one and Cheryl and Mark. Excuse me, what about me? I met you, I met you before then, darling. I met you before then. I don't know when, I'm, when I met you, but I met you before then. Um, but Because you were fine with letting Zoe go off with me. I don't, <laughs> You're, I do that a lot, I palm Isn't it a wonderful thing about Parkrun where you just let some random take your kids? Well, as long as they're, they're over 11, the kids are under 11. Are you talking about the fact that a four-year-old decided that I was the responsible adult for the day? <laughs> yeah, that'd be it. And Chantel, one thing that you're known for is your footwear. Maybe. And what is it that you um, that you like to do when you Parkrun? My shoes are different colours. And it has been mentioned before by both of you guys <laughs> that when I have appeared in matching shoes, that no, that's not acceptable. At this point, I'd like to point out in this group of three, I'm the only one in matching footwear. Uh, I'm feeling a little bit uncomfortable and out of place here. I feel like I need to dress up a bit better. You, you did fantastic in your Explorer outfit today. That's Chantal, I'd just like to thank you too, because I know in our journey of park running in my family, you've been you've been one to embrace everything. You, you got out there the other week for Zoe at Highlands. You supported Paul when he did his run as well. You changed plans. You suit to suit other people. You really have the spirit of park run. I'd just like to thank you very much from my family, and it's been wonderful getting to know you through park run. Thank you. My park run family is very important. Yeah, and park run do become a big part of your family, don't they? They do. And I'll spend Christmas morning with Alcohol Another Talk. part of the family. <laughs> <laughs> right, guys, I reckon it's just about time to go and get some breakfast and a coffee. Oh, I've already got a coffee. Let's go and get another coffee. <laughs> I was going to say, you always need two coffees, don't you? Okay. All right. Thanks. Bye. Cheers, guys, and congrats again. Thank you. Bye. Good morning, Park Run Adventurers. It's Melissa here, coming to you from the launch of Mansfield Park Run in Victoria, which we've just completed. And I had to search out this gentleman for a podcast interview because we're wearing matching singlets. Good morning, Michael. G'day, how are you doing? I'm good. Now, you've clearly got on the um, ugly singlet today. I do, I do. Yeah, good investment. It was. So, and you're not from around here? No, I'm from Canberra. Came from Little Journey. So. And you've done a few um, tourist runs, I believe? Uh, 41 other ones. So this is the 42nd out of 42 runs. Congratulations. Where's your home park run? Uh, in Tuggerong in the ACT. <laughs> Lovely. Um, are you doing any more park runs while you're in Victoria? Um, might do a uh, tourist run on the way home. So might drop into Shepparton, maybe do a run there. So we'll see how I go for time. A freedom run? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're good to grab when you can. And um, where are you next week? Uh, out at Shell Harbour. 
out Wollongong direction. Oh, so. lovely. Yeah, catch You're... up with my family out there, the cousin who introduced me to park running. So. Does he run at Shell Harbour? She does, she? yeah. Yeah, she does. So. That's good. Oh, uh, well, actually, she's actually from uh, Maitland, sorry. So, But, yeah. yeah, family down there as well. So. Yeah. We've got a few... Um, Parkrun uh, adventure of uh, friends uh, from Shell Harbour. You didn't yep. come to the. Were you doing parkrun last year when we did the parkrun meetup at Shell Harbour? No, no, no. Are you going to come to Newcastle? And uh, the beaches. I'll, I will be doing. I will try to get the beaches. I'll see how I go for. Yeah, because <laughs> I'll be there the week after in Newcastle anyway. Oh, so. Fabulous. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks very much for talking oh, to me, and it was good to meet you today. Yeah, you too. Thanks. thanks. Okay, now I'm with Lou and Ron, um, co-event run directors, is that right? Yes. Yep. And um, how did Mansfield Parkrun come to come to fruition? Uh, well, it was a bit of a joint effort. We both had the same idea of um, bringing Parkrun to Mansfield and I'd spoken to the um, sport and rec coordinator at the Shire um, and Ron had also spoken to him and so um, he actually put us together to say, why don't you make it a a combination effort I suppose Um, and then so we both got together and decided that that's what we wanted to do and we started the process. Okay has it taken long to get it up? Um, Look I think it it has the the part that took the longest was probably um, getting the funded money together Um, and then from there it was the paperwork that Ron kindly put together (laughs) Um, and then uh, then it was pretty quick process after we had that up and happening. Very good. Yeah Yeah. Um, Part of the reason I wanted it was because I was driving to places like Lilydale Lake Park Run, Euroa Park Run or Wangaratta Park Run and I kept thinking we should have one in Mansfield and, and that's when I went to the council and they put me in touch with Lou. Yeah, there's a big gap, isn't there? There is, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's area. great. Yeah. yeah. And what's and so you've been park running for a while, right? Um Probably only, I'm, I think I'm only up to 20 runs, so it's probably just over uh, a year or 18 months, yeah. But I, but I enjoy it. Yeah. It's good. And you obviously live in the area? Live, now live in the area, retired yep. to Mansfield um, six years ago. Yep. Wonderful. And Lou? Uh, so I've only done park run when I've been visiting somewhere. <laughs> um, my first one, well, I've done a couple actually down in Port Ferry. Um, and I've done one over in Bright, so I haven't done um, a great deal, but I've always enjoyed them when I've gone there. It's a great way to see where, where you're visiting. And I always look up Park Run when I'm going on holidays to see if there's one. Excellent. Yeah. Tell us about your course. Uh, so Mansfield Botanic Gardens we're in, um, and obviously to get the 5Ks we do two laps. Uh, it starts off flat and windy, and then right in the middle we um, we decided to include what we locals call as the zigzag, which is a nice um, a nice switchback hill <laughs> up and back. Some of us older folk don't think it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> that was my idea to put the hill in, um, but it mixes things up and we actually do um, obviously the circuit twice, so um, it's a great course, it's out and back, and so it's um, I think it's good for camaraderie and morale too of people going around, because yeah. you get to pass people and... Um, it's really encouraging. It definitely is. Now, there's a big contingent of tourists come up today from Melbourne, um, but uh, you'll probably get big numbers around tourist season. Yeah, I think so. Um, You might settle down to what are you I would say so, probably March, March, April. It'll probably quieten down a bit. I'm not sure how we're going to go in winter. But uh, that'll, that'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, see see who's really determined in winter to be running in our minus 
minus degrees, I suppose. <laughs> Might have um, to come up and do one. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be interesting. But um, no, I think it'll be good to get some some visitors when they're here for the weekend. But we do have a big active community, so I think it'll get good support week in week out. And that's really what it's about, isn't it? Getting totally. the, community the community spirit and getting the community out and active. Yeah. Yeah, but right. oh, you also have the benefit of you've got the ski season because you've got nearby. Yep. Mountains, and then yep. you've got the the water skiing. The water. And That's right. Yeah, summer. we've got the best of both worlds. Yeah, yeah. Not too yeah. far from Bonnie Doon. That's it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, congratulations today. Thank you. How many do you think you've got here? Do you know? You've got two hundred and fifty. A... Woohoo! Nice figures. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well nice. done. Lovely. Beautiful park too. So thank you yeah. very much for talking to me. Thank you. Okay. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Just thought I'd add a, a potential accommodation. If you are in the area touring to Mansfield, uh, Mansfield has a, its own little zoo and you can camp on the grounds of the zoo. Overnight cost of camping per person includes the entry to the zoo the day you arrive and the day you leave and you've got free rain to wander around. Um, you can pick your own campsite. We camped in between the lion enclosure and the dingo enclosure and it's a small zoo but it's a lovely experience especially if you've got little kids so he's absolutely loved it. Uh, so I'm giving them a plug because they're very friendly and uh, they've got quite a few animals. There's some llamas, there's some monkeys. They've got a little community of meerkats that are very cute as well as your usual um, emus ostrich camel lots of deer yeah so give it a try if you're into a nice little relaxed overnight stay while you're in town doing your park run good morning park run adventurers it's lindell and i'm just doing a roving report light today i've ventured up to south toowoomba um, on the first park run of the regular season and I've got Robbie who's one of the event directors here. How are you going today Robbie? Good Lindell, good then, thanks. Now first park run of the regular season here at South Toowoomba, how did it go today? Yeah it was a great turnout, uh, we've gone probably close to 200 here today but numbers aren't that important, it's probably the um, atmosphere that we try and bring to South Toowoomba that's the most important thing. And you do that, lots of high fives out on course today, fantastic. Yeah. Now, I say it's the first park run of the regular season because you had a bit of a special event on New Year's Day this year. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, it's become a bit of a habit. Um, the last three years now, four years, we've, um, we charter a coach. This year we had 56 or 57, plus we had a couple of tag-alongs. We had um, a couple of cars behind and <laughs> we, um, yeah, we ended up with 60, close to 65 or 66 park runners on tour. Yep. And we headed off to Redcliffe for the 6.30 park run. We boarded our bus at, um, tw- we left at 20 past three. 20 past three? Yeah, from this car park did here. You, from the, did you bother sleeping on New Year's Eve? Well, I think I was up at two o'clock. Like, you worry so much about being late. And with park run, the bus can't be late. Yes, no, Because, like, no. if those park runners miss that um, getting scanned, like, you know, it's all over. But, no, no everything, come, everything comes to plan. And we've done a few now. And between um, Margie and myself and a couple of others, we, um, the planning's probably pretty well down pat. You still stress a little, though. Making um, sure. What are your stress points? Getting everyone on the bus. Yes. Everyone, like you know, you can't be late leaving, and you really <laughs> rely on your park runs that are hosting to really start on time. So because we've got so many of us, we need to be back on our bus and heading off to our next one. So there's a lot of things that hold up the day and that don't go to plan. But there's always a little bit of time built into hopefully saving our bacon yes it sounds like you've got the logistics down pat so you went to Redcliffe, and for the second run you went to we head over to petrie through the it's like a it's a nice trail very shaded which was really good because 
We found Redcliffe very hot along the Broadwater there, like it was a hot morning. But Petrie was awesome, great host. Both both events had great hosts actually, like they really welcomed us and you know they get a bit blown away when we turn up at a coach. <laughs> <laughs> so you had it that you surprised them on the day that you weren't oh. didn't pre-warn them? Yeah, no, they were sworn to secrecy. They were sworn to secrecy. They were told that we'd be coming. Yeah. But this year we um, actually did the bus as a mystery tour. So, so, right? So no one actually really knew. There's a lot of guesses and a lot of people, you know, like would look at you and tell you where you're going and you'd have to give them a blank look and think, yeah. how'd you work that out? But, <laughs> you know, the 6.30 start at Redcliffe sort of gave it away a little yes. bit because there's only two events starting at 6.30. But um, no, the mystery part was really exciting and there's a lot of people on the bus that were really excited that they're going on a mystery tour. Yes. So yeah, it was, it was actually a lot of fun. Excellent. And now the logistics are down, Pat. What about hosting and party games on the bus? Any shenanigans? There's a lot that goes on on the bus on the way home that I probably can't reveal due to um, a few park run rules. Okay, so <laughs> what goes on the road stays on the road? What goes on tour stays on tour. <laughs> remains a mystery remains, as such. Remains a mystery, but we have a we have an even bigger event coming up in 2020. We're going international. International. Scotty and Mel, we've got to get onto this Park One Adventures Mystery International Tour. No, no, anyway, it's no Robbie, mystery. Tell, it's no tell mystery. us about us. Tell us about your Robbie. What, what's your plans? We're heading to Bushy Park, the home of Park Run. Woo! Yeah, in 2020. So we're having an information night that'll be in early February mm-hmm. and uh, planning for that all starts. Yeah. But we have a 2020 mystery tour for New Year's Day as well, though. Yes. Well, 2020 is <laughs> a big year. It is. It is. But we're really excited about going international. We've probably got 30-odd people already that are looking at wanting to come with us. Yep. So well, go- it's the bushy pilgrimage, hey? Yeah, the home of Parkrun. <laughs> like, you know, we'll, we'll do two Saturdays. I'll do, um, I'll run there one week and I hope to volunteer there the following Saturday. Yep. So tick off a couple of things on the bucket list. Excellent. Well, thank you, Robbie. Now, South Toowoomba, as I said, nice vibe out on course. Lots of high fives. It's a lapped course here, so that probably helps. Yeah, it does. Yeah, like we've got the um, the first lap, we just go around the smaller park. Yeah. Then we head up the next two, we go up to turn around and come back and around the path. Pretty flat. You've got a slight rise, but there's not much of a rise at all. But <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty, um, the, the laneway is really, it really emphasises what park running is. You know, the high fives and yes. people interacting with each other. Yeah. And you try and get everyone involved. There's not many people that don't get a high five from me. No, it's great. It's wonderful. And the laneway is um, named after one of Toowoomba's running greats, Roger Gard. Yeah. Um, so obviously a special part of your park run. Well, yeah, it was good that when um, Margie and I, we come up with this track when in the planning stages that we could incorporate the Roger Gard Memorial Lane. With Everyone knows what's happened to Roger Gard with the um, plane crash and that and his wife. And they were synonymous with Toowoomba Park Runner. Um, no, sorry, not Toowoomba Park Runner, Toowoomba Road Runners. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's, it's good that we can incorporate a little bit of history into this. And oh, it's, a, it's probably, the honestly, the laneway is probably the best part of our, our yeah, park run. It's beautiful. It's yeah. lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Did you get any high fives yourself? Yeah, I did. Yeah. It's, yeah. And I, look, I'm a tourist here. No one knows who I am, but I got, park, I got high fives too. Oh, no, everyone knew who you were. <laughs> everyone knew who you were. <laughs> you you stood out there and put your hand up from Bunyaville. That's Phil and Claire country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and of course Phil and Claire from Bunyaville came up to Toowoomba and they spent a couple of years here. here. Yeah, they spent yeah. a couple of years here, and um, everyone got to know Phil and Claire. And we actually caught up with um, Phil at Petrie. Yep. Yeah, on, um, yeah, yeah. He was there. Yeah. So awesome. it's so good, and that's what we like about those tours. Like Margie and I, the first year we ever toured was four years ago. We actually drove to Warwick and did Warwick and Stanthorpe in a car. Yeah. But there was people following us. Yes. And that's where the idea <laughs> for the bus come yeah. from. 
And ever since then, we've toured on the bus on New Year's Day, and we did Gold Run on a coach as well. Yeah, you know the, the Gold Run at the Commonwealth Games yeah, there, yeah, yeah. That was another bus trip. Yeah. And we yeah. did a, a Gundy's, their first birthday. Yep. That was another bus trip. Yeah, we well. do a fair, we do used to do more bus trips before Margie and I become EDs. Yeah. But now we're EDs, we're really passionate about parkrun and yep. we love to be here every week. <laughs> You'll need to find a couple of other adventurers in your community uh-huh. and get them organising some adventures for you. So thank you very much for talking to me, Robbie. Um, Scotty and Mel, there you have it, South Toowoomba, the, the home of the parkrun adventurers. I'm, I'm thinking they are roving all over the place. Thanks, Robbie, and um, we'll talk to you again another time. Thank you, and um, thanks for visiting South Toowoomba Parkrun. Good morning, Parkrun Adventurers. This is Mark from Canberra, and today I'm at Burley Griffin Parkrun, which is in Yarralumla, Canberra, located on the shores of Lake Burley Griffin, and I'm here with Sally, who is um, one of the uh, run directors. Good morning. Good morning. How are you, Mark? I'm good, thanks. And today was actually a pretty big turnout for Burley Griffin. We did. You know, I haven't actually looked at the official numbers, but I think we've got over 300 maybe over 320. Oh, I think you're over 350 to be honest. Oh, really? Yeah. And, Great uh, run directing, hey. <laughs> <laughs> and um, there was actually quite a number of tourists as well today, a couple of people from the UK. Yeah, I think we had at least four groups from uh, Edinburgh, Scotland, my very good friends, Charlie and Jason Sglenner, who are also from the UK, and yeah, two other lots. So we've, we've had a terrific turnout today with tourists. Uh, today was event number 136 and it started in June 2016 where you actually started it as the event director. Yes, indeed. So two years ago we started off Burley Griffin Park Run. A group of uh, runners and myself thought, wouldn't it be a nice idea to have an event here centrally in Canberra? So um, Gary Clark and uh, I decided to look into it and here we are today, two years on. And since then, you have passed the baton on as being the, the event director, and but you're still involved as an RD. So how is that process going from being the event director and handing over the baton to, 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 to Dave and, and the process there? Yeah. So uh, after two years, I decided that, and I had a fairly busy job, my day pay job um, was getting rather busy. So I thought, you know what, it's time to hand that baton on. So Dave Turner, who was the natural choice, um, was beyond excited to take on the new, the new role. And uh, yeah, he's doing a terrific job. And he started off, it was a natural choice to put Dave in the position because, I mean, he's a guy that used to be one of our first finishers and then, you know, subtly would go and sort all the tokens for us um, each event. So he then became a run director and then now he's our event director. So he's doing a terrific job. That's good. And um, for our listeners, can you describe the uh, Burley Griffin course? Yes. So we're an out and back course. Um, We follow basically the uh, the line of Lake Burley Griffin which is a beautiful centralised lake here in Canberra. Um, you turn around at our halfway point and then pretty much come back the same way. We get pretty cold here in winter uh, when our winds come off the lake but all in all it's a beautiful run and of course today's one of our hotter days that we've had in a while. I think it's probably, what is the degrees currently at the moment, it's probably about 28 degrees after a total yesterday of 40. I think everyone's not got any PBs today but yeah, it's a good course. Come along and come and visit us. Yeah, it is a very picturesque course here in uh, Canberra, so do come and check it out. And also it gives you uh, a B um, for the Alphabet Challenge or if you're uh, chasing the uh, Staying Alive Challenge. So thanks for your time today, Sally, and uh, we'll see you next time. Terrific. Thanks. See you.
Hello Parkrun Adventurers, this is Mark from Canberra and um, today I'm here in the Shoalhaven of New South Wales at the Huskisson Parkrun for their first birthday and I'm here with uh, Event Director Russell. Good morning, how are you Russell? Yes, good morning, how are you going? Good, thank you. So how's the first year been for Huskisson? Uh, it's been an amazing year. I think it's, it's surprised everyone the turnout that we get and the numbers that we get. Um, this year we've had 7,844 runners over the year, which is a, a total of 39,220 uh, kilometres of run or two and a half laps around Australia and a uh, really great community here of park runners and volunteers and just a great place to, to come and have a run as well. So, yeah. Uh, what prompted you to start Huskisson Parkrun? So this event was started by uh, a young girl, Yaz Lindenberg. She, uh, I used to work with Yaz and she was sort of the, the person that got this up and running, the main event, and she brought me on board just before we launched last year. So I was here for the, the first birthday and sadly uh, work's taken Yaz away, but uh, I'm going to give all credit to her for this one there. But as I said, an amazing parker, an amazing community of people here that, that come out and help out each week. And on average, how many people do you have turn up? On average, it's 160 a week, roughly. Our lowest number's been about 60. That was in the middle of winter. Um, and on days like today, we're, we're well past 200 today. I'm expecting sort of around 300, 350 today. So. Yeah, big turnout. And there was also a lot of tourists um, like myself um, here today. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the beautiful thing about Huskisson is it's a, a local tourist place and we, and we do get a lot of visitors, which is awesome. People get to come down and see our course. Uh, a lot of overseas visitors as well. One guy from Poland today, which was great to see, um, to get out here and enjoy it. So, yeah. And for all the listeners, can you describe the, um, the course? Uh, picturesque is the best <laughs> word to describe the course. You come here and get a photo. Um, as you leave the, the beautiful park here at Huskisson, we run down the pathway. Uh, there's a small hill but that then leads down to the beach and as you're running along the beach you can generally see dolphins and that playing in the water. Uh, we then go off course for about a kilometre. We go um, through the beautiful, the, the beautiful Moona Moona Park uh, and again really picturesque through there and then we get back onto the path over the bridge at Moona Moona Creek about another kilometre up and then we turn around and come back. So it's 2.5 k's up, 2.5 back. Um, but relatively flat course, two small hills just to remind you that they're there. Uh, but yeah, other than that, great course, great place to be. That's excellent. Well, thank you very much and uh, congratulations on the first birthday and um, hopefully many more years to come. Awesome. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. I'm now with uh, Graham, who's one of the most prolific volunteers at uh, Huskisson Park Run. Good morning, Graham. How are you? Morning. Thank you. Um, so today's your thir- 43rd volunteer role in the year for Huskisson Park Run. Well done. Cool. Yes, it is the 40th year. And what, what's your motivation for, for volunteering here at Parkrun? Oh, just the fun of the Parkrun. Just uh, heard it from a friend and uh, decided to join in. And uh, I thought volunteering would be better than running at my age, so I thought uh, that's, that's what I do. I do the volunteering. And what's your favourite volunteer role? Well, I normally do the turnaround. Turnaround? Yeah, at the two and a half kilometre. You're, you're, the, you're the cheer person to send them back home? Yes, I am, yes. And if they... Uh, try and pass me, they uh, pointed in the right direction. <laughs> Very good. All right, well, thanks for volunteering and uh, well done on that result. Good. Thank you. Hello, Parkrun Adventurers, and uh, this is Mark from Canberra, and I've come to Victoria today for my um, Parkrun Tourism and uh, picking up my S for the Alphabet Challenge. Um, so here we're at um, Studley Parkrun, just outside the Melbourne city, and um, going off the, t- the stats for uh, last week events, um, this Parkrun's done 154 events with an average number of 126.5 runners per week. I think there was definitely a lot more than that here um, today for the start of the new year. And I'm, um, I'm here with um, Sue and Adam. Good morning. 
How are you going? Good morning. And um, Sue, what can you tell us about Studley Park Run? Um, it's a lovely trail run along the Riara. We get a lot of um, visitors, especially international visitors, come here because it's such a gorgeous, iconic Australian look with all the gum trees and the Yarra and everything. So, yeah, it's lovely. It's not going to be your fastest park run, though. It's got a few hills, a bit rough, so, yeah, but it's lovely. Yeah, it is a bit of a different park run with a bit of, a bit of trail running and a, and a bridge to run across, which was, yes, which was really cool. Yes, bridge, yes. Very scenic. And, and, Adam, how long have you been coming to Studley for? I uh, started at the very first one, uh, so I've been coming here ever since. Uh, I think I've done, a, I don't know, over 100, of, 100 Studley park runs now, so quite, quite a good course to... Uh, Keep it interesting with the wobbly bridge, a few hills here and there, a bit of dirt to run along, a um, few sticks and things to try and jump over and not trip over. And where, where else have you, you run, Adam? Uh, I've done a few different ones, uh, a couple of international ones, New Zealand, um, a few around Victoria. I think I've just made the uh, most events list with 21, I think, now, so uh, starting to find some new ones. Yeah, well done. And any favourites other than Studley? Oh, okay. Never, never do favourites. <laughs> <laughs> Any memorable occasions then? Oh, just about every week's memorable. Um, the people you meet, um, the friends I've made through Parkrun, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, That's the Parkrun spirit there, isn't it? That's right. We try to keep this one pretty relaxed, so everybody's welcome. We have kids and dogs and families and walkers and runners, and yeah, it's just a really lovely community relaxed event. One of the things I liked here was the um, the touch with the cowbell at the end for people who have done 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 a PB. I think that's that's a really good touch. Yes, yeah, yeah, it is lots of fun. Yeah, we get lots of woohoo if you get a if you get a PB. So that's good. All right, well, thank you very much for your time, guys. No worries. Thanks. See you around. Thank you. I'm here with some uh, other park run tourists who've come down from the Gold Coast. Hello, Bill and Jody. Hello. Hello. So, um, how many um, park runs have, uh, have you guys done so far? This is number six. Number six. Yes. Number six. Well done. Six. Yes. Six in a row, well Six done. And how many different uh, parkrun events have you been to? Uh, four. Canberra, Gungahlin, Gold Coast, Broadwater, Sunshine Coast, and here. and here today in Melbourne. That's not bad. A couple of different events for, um, for, for people who have only done six parkruns. And what got you started in a parkrun? Oh, some mates that need a uh, punch in the arm. No, no, it's... Uh, you? We, we did it by chance for to support a mate on his 40th and it was... Uh, we were warned it was addictive. We had no idea how addictive it is. So, um, like, we've literally just finished number six and already planning number seven. So it's good. It's good. Excellent. So um, enjoy, enjoying the parkrun experience and getting, getting into the tourism side as well. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm still bummed that my kids beat me every week, <laughs> but uh, at least this week this is one run up on them because they're at home in bed or watching YouTube or something, no doubt. <laughs> very good. All right. Well, thanks very much and uh, hope you enjoyed Studley. We did. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Well, Scotty, we, um, we missed a few anniversaries and a launch or so in January as well. So shout out to all those events who had anniversaries in the first month and congratulations to the team at KM Reedy Reserve who launched Parkrun there on the 12th of January. That was a bit special. They had KM Reedy himself show up to check out what this Parkrun gig was all about. And just the weekend gone, we had Mildura Weir in the greatest state, launching alongside one of the coolest new parkrun names, Yowie Parkrun. In Queensland. So well done to those event teams as well for getting the new year started off in the right way, bringing parkrun to your communities. 
Now, we don't have any launches this coming weekend, Scotty. However, we do have a few anniversaries. Shall we run through those? Let's go. Golden Beach in Queensland. Goldburn in New South Wales. Ipswich in Queensland. Lake Mac, also in New South Wales. Moora in WA. And Nil in Victoria. Well done. You got Nil right. Do you reckon I got Moora right? I think I did. I think you were close. Moora? Moora. It's not going to be Moora, is it? Mm, I'm not sure. It's double <laughs> M-O-O-R-A. Moora. Hmm. These things shouldn't be difficult, should they? No. Anyway, happy anniversary to those events. Now, we've, as, as we've stated, we were away for a long time and we got to a lot of different events. So what we're going to do is we're going to launch a new segment for the next couple of weeks. This is going to be our summer travel series, Mel. Our time travel series. Time travel series, where we go back in time and revisit that wonderful weekend where we went and explored a new park run. So should we kick it off? We should. And in the case of the, the festive season, we get to knock two events off in a single kind of week period. So we'll start off well, with the on, double, we. won't we? Yep, hang on. I've got, I got music. I've got theme music Ooh. to introduce a new segment. So. All right, Scotty, love the music. Uh, we didn't mention in the intro that we also have brand new intro music, very 80s, very dancey <laughs> or it makes me want to do something I don't know watch old 80s movies or something but the new music here for the new segment is about time traveling so where were you back on the 22nd of December Scotty remember we started this episode with my quest for to join the alphabet club it went back to December when we visited Ocean Grove in search of our O, but it was also it was it was their last event before they had to close down over summer. So we thought it was a good opportunity to get together with the local community, send them off, commiserate that they're going to have to shut down for a few weeks, which they weren't happy about, and and I'm I'm with them, they shouldn't be happy about it. But uh, we got our O at Ocean Grove. We got to debut the ugly Christmas singlets, the whole Trickett clan. So there were three of us. Oh, so nice! We, it was an assault. Times three. Tell me, how does Kasha feel about wearing the same clothing as her parents? <laughs> We've only got it for a few more years. She <laughs> loves it. Excellent. <laughs> she loves it. And even on Saturday at, uh, at Queen's Domain, we were all kitted out. And Kasha was very passionate that she had to wear her Westerfoldian green. Oh. She's not a slave for fashion. She's a, she's a passionate Westerfoldian. And she's a passionate parkrun adventurer. So she got a little kid's ugly Christmas sweater that uh, looks very cute. And we got lots of comments. So over, over the Christmas, January holiday season, I seem to do a lot of parkrun walking with Kasha. Um, and that's what we did at Ocean Grove. Mummy's turned into a pretty hardcore runner these days. She got new shoes and um, she's out smashing out parkrun. So... Kasha and I walked Ocean Grove. Cool. What was the course like? It was it was it was actually pretty good. It was one of those out and backs, out and back. So start at one point, go out for a kilometer, run back to the start point, oh, and then so run an out, out again for about five hundred. Middle is what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but we all commented that it goes really quickly. You get to see people a lot. Yvonne liked it. Kasha liked it. It was along the water. Awesome. It's lovely. Lovely. Big tick to Ocean Grove if you want to get your O and you're anywhere in the greater state, head along. But 
That weekend, so it wasn't all about Saturday because that weekend we did Christmas Day park run. So take us back, Mel. No, well, I haven't talked about my twenty second. So why don't you why don't you talk about your twenty fifth, and then we can go revisit all my events. Um, okay, well, quickly uh, back at home at Westerfold, traditional Christmas Day park run, great day, tinged with a little bit of sadness for me that we won't go into. But Buster's had a bit of trouble. He was in the hospital. And I had to leave him in the hospital overnight on Christmas morning. So I was a bit tired on Christmas Day park run. I was a bit sad. I was missing my best mate. It did allow us to take Champy along and he got really festive on Christmas Day morning. But what was and what is one of the greatest park run days of the year, Christmas Day park run, back at home at the Folds. I couldn't embrace it this year because uh, my little He's at home with you now though? He is. He is. He's back sitting next to me right now snoring. Sounds good. Awesome. Well, on the 22nd of December, I was at um, Kiwana volunteering. Ironically, it was the last week for us too. Like you you mentioned, it was the last week that Ocean Grove was on their course before they had to cancel for a period of time over the summer season. Well, it was the last week for us on our regular course before we switched to the beach course. Um, too much <laughs> mixed reactions. We'll go into that um, next week when we revisit, we, we revisit the um, – the week that follows, um, but it was our it was our Christmas themed park run on that date because we didn't actually have a Christmas Day park run at Kiwana, and so it was the first outing for my ugly Christmas singlet. Also, I got some sort of mixed reactions. I, I'm pleased to say that there was another person what? there who's a park run adventurer and was wearing a singlet that she had also got. So I got my photo taken with Dotty, as you do, because you know. Ugly Christmas singlets unite. But, yeah, a lot of the regulars came up to me and I was volunteering, so I actually had my volunteer vest over it for most of the event. And, um, yeah, I got a lot of, oh, is that it, comments, as in about my outfit in general, not about the singlet per se, but about the fact that I wasn't dressed as, you know, a giant snowman with fairy lights or, you know, National Lamp. Poon's Christmas Vacations house. You know, I, I have raised, okay. I guess, the bar over the years with what somebody might deem to be an appropriate Christmas outfit at Parkrun. And I think I disappointed quite a few Parkrunners this year because I was, I didn't go all out. So that, that was a bit, yeah, mixed reactions. That was that was a bit different for me. Well, you had me a little worried there for a bit, Mel. I thought no, people no, were going no. meh. People were impressed with the singlets, singlets, but they, they were, were just going meh. generally underwhelmed <laughs> that I wasn't more sparkly and shiny and elaborate. So, But that's okay. On Christmas Day Park Run, uh, the singlet got another outing, and just like you and Kasha and Vonnie running around as a group, um, my brother and sister-in-law also got the singlet. So there were three of us and um, we all participated together. So that was very cool. And we got lots of uh, comments about the singlets. Uh, complimentary and where did you get them and how, how can you order them and all that sort of thing, uh, which we should probably mention, Scotty. Can't do it. There will never be a repeat no. order available of these. Yeah, we, did. we had, we had requests, didn't we? Yeah, people wanted them. And I, I, I stood firm. I feel I wavered a little bit. 
You did. We gave you an opportunity. We said this was a once in a lifetime unique experience, purchasing, buying experience. And if you didn't take yeah, that so that select group who's got the singlets, you can feel safe in the knowledge that they're going to be exclusive and never to be repeated, and you are part of a very elite crowd. However, everybody else who wanted to get them after the fact, you can feel safe in the knowledge that I barracked for you and Scotty talked me down. Ego, <laughs> <laughs> ego, starting the narrative, the people's champion. Mel's the good guy, I'm the bad guy. But no, this uh, we warned them. And look, there's going to be another opportunity. There is, this there year. is. Like, yeah. It was a success. We're going to do it again. And I'm looking forward to our design for 2019, ugly Christmas sweaters, that we're going to get out way earlier so people have got plenty of time to contemplate the purchase. Absolutely. The shipping. Plus there's going to be doggy bandanas this year. Oh. Matching <laughs> doggy that, bandanas. We? No, we haven't, but that's <laughs> happening. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, Rocks Riverside though, my first um, outing at Rocks Riverside Park Run and it was a massive turnout for Christmas Day. The the wonderful um, Christmas Day spirit was there and everyone was in just the best mood and it was a great course. It was very shady and had a really good time. I think, was it? Oh, did I have Wes in the pram? I did. I think I had Wes in the pram and I think that was the last time I'm going to have him in the pram for a while because I just go way too slow for him and he can't cope. Um, but, yeah, beautiful, beautiful morning with family and and catching up with some others that uh, we bumped into as well, familiar faces from the parkrun world, which was nice too. So, great it's a event. a big event, Old Rocks Riverside, isn't it? They get a lot of people. They do. They get some decent um, numbers. I, if I recall correctly as well, I think I managed to get – well, it was quite a high one for my Wilson Index, um, but that's okay. I didn't I didn't snaffle a parkrun time bingo, but I'm still working on that. Still working on that. Okay. Well, that's episode one of the summer time travelling series. Tune in next week where we discuss September 29th and New Year's Day park runs. Mm, three for the price of one. Well, three for the price of two. Hey, Mel, it's good to be back, even though we're doing this for the third or fourth time. Um, I think this is a keeper. Well, I hope it's a keeper. <laughs> Time is of the essence these days, Scotty, and I think we might be losing listeners in, in the wait. And we should say to everybody, thank you so much for your patience. We hope you took the opportunity to catch up on it, any episodes that you might have been falling behind with in the silly season and uh, also listening to all our uh, co-podcasters out there who do Parkrun podcasts uh, to keep up with the world of Parkrun while we were out of the world of Parkrun podcasting. Yeah, here's something I haven't shared with you, Mel. So you say we've lost listeners, and this will be great for our friends, Danny and Nicola. The last episode we did, 143, our Christmas episode, with the guys from With Me Now, was our most downloaded episode ever. Ever? That's ever. nice. Yeah, it was obviously was shared a lot. Lots of our UK family tuned in. Awesome. Um, I know, bigger than PSH, bigger than episode one. 
Uh, what about a couple of other big ones we've had? Deke was a big one. Julian Spence this year was a massive download for us, but um, nothing competes with the power of With Me Now. Or is it nothing competes with the power of us singing? Total Eclipse of the Heart. Bloody good song. Wow. You know, that actually really brings me a lot of joy, that that episode is the most downloaded because <laughs> so many people have been able to listen to us sing. Yeah. Gosh, that's that does pressure though. Seriously, first episode back. Maybe that's why subconsciously. I, I mean, I didn't know the numbers, but subconsciously, maybe, maybe that's been a bit of an inhibitor to us coming back and being such perfectionists with having to go and another record and another record. <laughs> yeah. Well, we we're going to try new things every year. This year, we're going to not sing for the outro. I am not on board with that. We'll we'll have to discuss that further later in the year, I think. Don't make any promises you can't keep, Scotty. <laughs> but, hey, you know what I'm looking forward to? Like we have, yes, we're going to be doing some different things on the pod this year and there's going to be lots of fun, lots of new adventures and stuff like that. But also Palm 19 is not too far away. It's getting a bit too close, Mel. Not too close. Well, I haven't. We need to organise some stuff. Well, yeah, we need we to do book need some to flights and some, some accommodation. Stuff. And I've got flights. I don't have accommodation. But all yeah. good things come to those who organise them. <laughs> 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 so we'll we'll get on top of that. And um, I do know that there's quite a few people who've already booked accommodation and flights and things. So it's going to be a good a good rabble this year. Um. Very excited about heading to the Beaches Park Run. It's going to be high tide, full disclosure. <laughs> so we're going to. Yeah, now you've checked that. Now, how accurate is that? No, no I'm, not, I'm not an expert in the nautical stuff and the, all that tides and whatever. Even though I was a surf lifesaver back in the day, Mel, did you know that? Little known fact. I, I did know that. You have mentioned it once or twice, I think. Have I? I'm pretty proud of it. <laughs> it's a good couple Do you still of have the little there. hat? No, I don't have the hat. Still got the t shirt. Oh, okay. Still wear it on occasion. Um, but is that, can that change? Can the tides change or is that just, nah, is that that's, in? that's pretty much set. It's, it's all got to do with the astronomy, like the moon affects the tides and all that sort of stuff. And I'm pretty sure that the astronomers all know what the planets are doing and how they're going to impact us here. It's high tide, which means it's going to be hard. Yeah, we're well, we're going to get to experience in all its beautiful glory. I'm very excited about that. I'm glad it's not just sort of middle tide or low tide. Yeah, but if we run, even if it's high tide and we run really close to the water, doesn't that make it easier? Like the, the wherever the water is, the, the, the sand's pretty firm. I've got recent experience with sand at high tide. Near water, Scotty, and no, <laughs> your assertions are all incorrect. <laughs> but it's all part of the challenge. It's all part of the adventure. So it's yeah. going to make it extra fun. That's a shame. I've been practicing beach running over over the summer. Oh, well, you'll have so to. I was, I was gearing up for a PB. Well, that's okay. You can gear up for a PB. It'll be a course PB. Yeah. Good point. Mm. Good point. Let's wrap up this week, Mel. 144 is in the books. Um, already looking forward to 145 or maybe even 113 if we ever get back to that one. Oh, we will, we will. 